0: Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by...
0: I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome to the podcast 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 may as well be a podcast uh, and it is ghastly one and all welcome 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 um how are you doing today
0: yes i'm quite well uh, when we picked up the call earlier i called you the pied piper don't know why i did that um but i've just decided that's your nickname for today but yes i'm quite well how are you pied piper
1: i am fine yes um i don't know how to retort to that so exactly yeah you've stumped me Taking yeah. off guard, haven't I? You have, yeah.
0: Well, there we are then. That's uh, that's the start of the episode.
1: <laughs> right, brilliant. Okay. Uh, so today we are here to discuss the number ninety-five on our Metacritic top one hundred list. Number ninety-five is God of War Two, released very late in the PlayStation Two lifecycle in the year the year two thousand and seven. And with a score of 93 um, as we always do do you have any history with God of War 2?
0: no history um, it is only the I mean when when we talked about God of War 1 uh, for the PS2 which we actually recorded in November 2020 which I think doesn't seem like it was that long ago to be honest with you But one and a half years ago, wow I know, it's mad isn't it but when we when we played that game, I, I mentioned that I'd played the the twenty eighteen God of War a little bit a few years ago. But other than that, no. So I've now played the first God of War game for the podcast. A little bit of the the new God of War, and uh, now God of War two. But other than that, no. But I know you've got a, a bit more history with uh, with God of War two, haven't you?
1: Yes, um, I've. Played and completed God of War 1, God of War 2, God of War 3, um, both PSP games and God of War Ascension. And uh, the only one I haven't played, ironically enough, is uh, God of War 2018, which we started doing the list in early 2020, just before the old Covid. Um, and I thought to myself, wow. I've waited this long I've had this game for a long time but I thought I've waited this long I may as well wait until we get to the episode and experience it new there so um, that episode is upcoming of course um, so keep an eye out for that when it comes out I can't remember when we're doing um, that. I think it's going to be uh,
0: a bit of time isn't it
1: it's is going to be a bit of time but probably not the amount of time since we've done God of War 1 uh, between God of War 1 and 2 so yeah a bit of time but, yeah, just, but you never just, know. Peeled, Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've completed God of War 2 before. My first exposure to God of War 2, I remember it was Christmas and I'd just got an Xbox 360 and I was very excited because I had my new console. Um, I'd got a bunch of games to play on it. I was, um, at the time, pretty blown away by the visuals of the Xbox 360. And I uh popped into my brother's room and saw that he was playing God of War 2 on the PS2, and I thought to myself, bloody hell this game looks good for a PS2 game, and that was my first, um, the first thing that struck me about God of War 2 was how good it looked at the time for a 2007 PS2 game, and it, it genuinely looked as good as many of those 360 games I was playing. Um, So yeah, I was very surprised when I first played it. This is a game that really pushes the PS2 to the absolute limit. Um, And yeah, that that was my first uh, exposure to it. And I I went on to play and complete it on the PS3. As you know, there were um, remastered versions of God of War 1 and 2 and the PSP games released on the PS3. So I played it there and I really quite enjoyed God of War 2. I thought it was a better game than God of War 1. I still think it's a better game than God of War 1. Um yeah, so that's I suppose a uh not really a bridged version of my history with God of War.
0: Yeah, it, I I remember when we discussed the um the first game in 2020 you were saying that you've got quite a fond uh, fond place for God of War 2 and it's the game that you're more experienced with. So um yeah, I I, I thought that this this episode would probably be a bit more not suited to you because you enjoy the first one as well, but it's a game that you prefer over the original
1: yeah i think i think if you gave someone that hadn't played god of war um either one or two i think you'd be better served giving them two i think they're going to have the more enjoyable experience but obviously that's open for debate maybe we'll get into it in the episode and maybe um listeners out there will have a different opinion and that's okay um so where did you play uh, god of war 2 same uh, as with the this...
0: uh, with God of War on the PS3 I uh, I don't have it on PS2 but I have the the, the digital version of the PS PA... is it the PS2 version on the PS3 or is it a specific PS3 version that I've got
1: it's a PS3 version so it is a remaster of the PS2 game that um, is where I played so it it does yeah so it looks slightly better um don't really know the technical ins and outs of it. I don't know the frame rate or anything. I, uh, I would I would guess 60, but it may not be 60. Um, but, yeah, it does look slightly nicer than the PS2 game. But as I said, the PS2 game or- already looked really nice. So it's just a cleaner version of it. Um, okay. So we we usually give a brief rundown of the plot. So would you like to do the honours?
0: Yeah, so... You play as Kratos again, who is the God of War, i.e. Ghost of Sparta, i.e. Angry Man with a Red Stripe on his head. So at the end of the first game, you destroy Ares, the God of War, and become the new God of War, I suppose. And the second game picks up where Kratos has kind of got a little bit mad with uh, with power. And he's trying to be... Um, who's the who's the goddess that's trying to keep him in check uh Athena Athena yeah, so Athena's trying to kind of keep him under under a not a tight leash but just to control him a little bit, but he goes pretty crazy with power. Zeus decides that he isn't worthy of being the god of war and he he kills Kratos, but then Gaia, who is this big thing. Brings right. Kratos uh, back to life and tells him that it isn't his fate to die and that he has to get his vengeance by killing Zeus and um, reclaiming his spot as the god of war. So that the game is effectively a journey of, of Kratos coming out from the underworld and going on a journey to to track down Zeus and to kill him, whilst also also taking on you know various gods or various mythical beasts from the the Greek stories along the way would be my way of summing up God of War 2
1: I will add a bit to that Um, so this game is all about the titans and um, the gods of Olympus and um, Kronos is the father of Zeus and there was a prophecy that now, this is all Greek mythology. Um there was a prophecy that um one of Kronos' children would um grow up and commit patricide and kill Kronos. So uh Kronos decided to eat all of his children. Um but Zeus was spared by the mother I can't remember her name. Um Jane. And <laughs> that that must be it, yeah. Uh and he grew up, and he and he. Um, I think he killed Cronos. Um, but kind of what's happening here? There's another arc uh, going on um, in God of War Two, which is that it's revealed later in the game that um, that my my brain has gone. Kratos off. is also what's... a son of Zeus, Kratos, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Kratos is the is the son of of Zeus, and he was prophesied prophesied something like that to kill Zeus and Zeus was trying to prevent this happening. So it's this idea of a cycle of um, children killing fathers. And if you know anything about Greek mytholo- mythology, history repeats itself. And that uh, the the cycles that we have, these cycles of vengeance, they just repeat and they repeat. Um, so Zeus killed his father. So Zeus's child Kratos will kill Zeus. On. Yeah and um there there is uh there's a bit of um mythology that kind of coincides a bit with this which is um Agamemnon and Clytemnestra um and then Clytemnestra's daughter uh I think it's I I, I, I did do classics but um I think it's Electra goes on to kill um Clytemnestra so it's this idea of um a cycle repeating i didn't really do that that little tangent justice there um, i've forgotten some of the details of the story so that doesn't really help but somewhere in there is is a truth um, if you want to go look it up um go do that but yeah so the, the, there is quite a lot of mythology that feeds into this game and and i think it's used quite well and i think one of the biggest compliments i would pay god of war 2 is that it fits really nicely within that established mythology it doesn't seem out of place and they've obviously done their research so that's a bit of a compliment for for the game there um so what we what we what we also do is we go over the moment to moment gameplay so what do you do as the player in this game
0: you effectively it's it's the same as God of War 1 where it's like a an action mostly action based um platformer but not too much emphasis on the platforming but you control Kratos as he goes on his journey trying to get to Zeus and regain his powers that were lost Dur- during the uh, the intro to the game where he takes on um what's the the big the big guy that you you face at the start of the game
1: oh uh, the colossus of rhodes
0: yeah the colossus of rhodes so uh, Kratos loses his power fighting the colossus of rhodes and then is is killed by Zeus so you're on this journey to to get to Zeus, but also regain your powers. And really, this game is is heavily emphasised on the boss fights. Um, the the to moment gameplay is all right, but it is all about the the characters and the boss fights in this game and the brutal ways that that Kratos kills them. So it's like a a, a boss heavy game with you know levels in between really but the emphasis is on those boss fights and those characters
1: yeah god of war was one of the early series that kind of established that um boss fight structure of having these massive boss fights and multi-tiered bosses um that were a big part of the gameplay it wasn't the early game of course but it was one of the i'd say one of the precursors and obviously we see it nowadays in things like um eldon ring and uh the dark souls games and demon souls so on um so what's changed i thought this would be an interesting question and it's one that we don't often do we, we have covered quite a few sequels um in the list so what's changed from god of war one to god of war two
0: is in gameplay
1: it could be anything.
0: To, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not too sure. This this is a series that I think you're you're a lot more versed in than I am. And I've, I've played God of War one once when we played it for the podcast almost two years ago. And I don't I, I I don't know the series well enough to to say what's changed between the two because it's not a series that I'm particularly well versed in. I mean the the graphics are obviously. Um, a lot better in this game and I think that some of the, the button prompts and the, the QTEs are a bit better as well but yeah, I think that's probably a question better suited for yourself because I'm not particularly in line with these games you know I've I played the first one a while ago but that's it what what would you say
1: well I, I think um, it's okay not to have too many answers because and we're going to get to this later. There are two types of sequel. There are those that reinvent yeah. the previous game or those that refine the previous game. Now, there are changes, but they're not necessarily things that everyone would pick up. Obviously, the graphics is a big one. Um, you're right as well about the quick time events. Um, one of the things I noticed is that the camera is a lot more versatile this, this time around. So it doesn't get in your way as much. You won't be fighting enemies off screen, which you sometimes would do in the previous game yeah um i feel like it's a really good camera the only time i had issues with the camera um was sometimes with depth perception um especially when platforming sometimes you'd make it. yes definitely you're were, you were gonna make it a, ma- a majority Maybe of my not. deaths
0: in this game came from jumping off platforms that i either thought i had more space on or i thought oh there's something twinkling over there that means that I should like grip to it, like, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Like, use the grapple, yeah, use the grapple on, and then it turns out I couldn't, I just jumped to my death, and I found those bits very frustrating. Um, yeah, but the camera, it's I think, issue, is, is improved,
1: yeah, it's a bit more robust, and 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 also, it, I think, sometimes games don't get enough credit for this, but. It does a really nice job of framing the action and it's also quite cinematic in that there are some amazing uh set pieces and amazing scenes within this game and sometimes the camera will pull back out and you'll see a really long distance shot a great example of that is when you're running along the chains um, to the horses within the temple of the face and then it zooms right in on Kratos running along this chain. Um, it's a smart camera and it's a game that, if you were watching someone else play, I think you could still enjoy it because it's really well directed, I'd say. See, which you don't often say about a game. Well,
0: it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about it yesterday. Um, because I, I got to, I mentioned to you yesterday, I got to the, the Sisters of Fate. Um, before it got too frustrating and I ran out of time to complete the game. And I, I completed the first one, but I only got as far as that this time. But you said I wasn't too far off the end anyway. Um, no, nah, you weren't. And I did watch the um, the final, final few hours of, ga- of gameplay and the bosses and stuff. And as I was watching it, because I, I, I don't mind this game, I think it's okay. But it very much struck me as a game that I would prefer to watch someone play rather than play it myself. And it's really rare that I say that about games. But that was the feeling that I had. So it's funny that you should mention that just then, because that's exactly how I felt yesterday.
1: Yeah, there's there's this kind of director's, curator's hand over everything. And I think it's a lot more nicely paced, but we'll, we'll get into that anyway. Um, but so that the camera has improved. Um, you've got the grapple this time around. So there are some nice... Um, gameplay moments with the grapple um you've also got uh icarus's wings which yeah oh no is it is is... yeah no it is icarus flew too close to the sun and um yeah and kratos tears them off and attaches them to himself and it means that you've not only got a double jump you've also got this kind of gliding motion that you can use and what I like about God of War 2 is that it does take advantage of these new features. So there, there is stuff around the grapple, there is stuff around the wings. Um, also, what's massively impressive, again, given the time that this was released on the console that it was released, um, it's just the scale of things. Some of the stuff, uh, especially at the time, I mean, that opening with the Colossus of Rhodes, which was um, a real life thing. And obviously, that we don't have photos or anything like that, but there are drawings of what the Colossus of Rhodes looked like. I think it was one of the original wonders of the world, the Colossus of Rhodes. So um it's really interesting to see it here. But that entire fight with the Colossus of Rhodes is just everything ramped up to 11, and then you're fighting the Colossus, and then you go inside the Colossus, and then you eventually take it down. I thought it's a really impressive um opening for a game um so the scale is really blown open in this game um okay so let's talk about the gameplay do you have a favorite move yeah
0: i can't remember what it's called but the um the one where Kratos starts smashing his hands into the floor and like the the meteors and stuff come out and damage everyone around you yeah i know you mean oh, do, do you know what it's called
1: um I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: But yeah, I, I, I like that one a lot. That was quite satisfying. And it, it, it was a big, big, um, big help in some of the boss fights. So I'd say that was probably a standout for me. What about you?
1: Yeah, I like that. That was cool. I use that quite a bit. I also liked the um, using the, it's not Medusa's head, but it's, you know what I mean? The one that freezes, make, turns yeah. people to stone. Um, So is it Uriali? I think it might be um but yeah so so using that head to turn enemies into stone and, and what's what's interesting is it, it doesn't really you at most size enemies you can use it on even the very big enemies you can freeze them and then destroy them after turning them into stone yeah the difference is it takes a bit longer to turn them into stone whereas in most games there would be this this logic defying thing where it wouldn't work on certain enemies but it does work here which is nice um i think that the the, the The nicest addition, which did carry over in God of War 3, was Icarus's wings, and although the depth perception wasn't perfect, I think it adds a lot to the game, and it actually improves platforming in that if you mistime your double jump in the first game, that's it, you're dead, whereas here, you can kind of redirect a bit and use the uh, the wings to glide, especially if the platform's a bit further away. so I think it was a sensible addition that kind of feels a bit like a no-brainer, and, and, and I think going back to God of War One without that would feel feel odd. So I think that's the a perfect example of something that was very, very beneficial to the game. Yeah. Okay, um so really the conceit of this game is that Whereas God of War 1, you were obviously looking to overthrow Ares. In God of War 2, you're looking to manipulate time and you're looking to use the Sisters of Fate and um, basically time itself to revert time back to when Zeus tried to kill you. Um, So the biggest setting is obviously the Island of the Fates. And uh, along the way there, you've got... um, one of the titans inside the ice caves where you also meet prometheus can't think what that titan is called and um, there are quite a few titans in this game um and then you've got the island itself and i think the island is a really cool setting that to me trumps what god of war one did um even though you kind of traverse more areas in god of war one I, I feel like the the island of the fates was a. Uh, uh, more interesting, more fantastical setting to me. Obviously, that's a very opinion-based thing. Yeah, of course. Um, but one of the things I like about—I've said it before on the podcast—I like it when games have you do something. You'll be in an area, and you'll you'll be taken off on a route, and maybe you'll be on that route for half an hour, and then you'll find yourself back at the area before, but not in a not in a kind of. Um, Sometimes games use it to pad things out as a retread. But here you'll be back in the area, but you'll take a different path. I like that smart design where it feels like this labyrinth that kind of all interconnects and it makes it feel like a real world. One of the things that um, really annoys me in games is in shooters where you've got a building and you've got loads of doors but you can't go into most of the doors and there's nothing beyond them and you've got that linear path through the level but you kind of... It takes away from the game because the doors don't lead anywhere. It's one of the things I love about the Hitman games is that every single door goes somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, and and apparently in in Hitman Blood Money they got an actual architect to design the buildings because it is a frustrating thing in games to have these doors that go nowhere. Um, in God of War two, nothing goes nowhere. It all kind of weaves around itself and it creates this living space. Because it's all well and good having this um, linear adventure that goes on and on and on and takes you to different places, but what this labyrinthine style level design does is it really creates a, a believable place, and I appreciate it when games do that. Um, so I was quite happy they were doing it here. And something will happen, so you'll you'll do something, you'll you'll complete a puzzle, and it will shift. The way that a certain thing is. And you can access a new thing from that. I just think that's smart design. And it reminds me very much of Zelda. And obviously the God of War games have been. Compared very heavily to Zelda. And you can kind of see why. Um, One of the other things I think it does well. Is. Quiet time. Which I really feel like the first game was lacking. Um, In the first game you go from fight to fight to fight. Maybe a, a puzzle thrown in there. And then more fighting. Here. I kind of alluded to it earlier with the chain. You have time to breathe in between doing things. And again, you get to soak in this really quite impressive um, world, which is built from mythology and lore. And you've got these incredible vistas at times, and you get to just breathe them in, soak them in. Um, I think quiet time is really important in games. And I feel like it really lends itself here to the game. And really, to me... Takes a step above its predecessor. Um, so, are there anything? Is there anything from a settings and design standpoint? I've just given you mine, I suppose. So, anything that stands out to you? Well,
0: I'm not sure why, but I personally I prefer God of War One, and I don't remember a whole lot of it because it, you know, I've slept since 2020. But there were a lot of parts of that game that I found frustrating, like turning. That the the rings in that room around to try and get everything to line up, and uh, that there was the water in the middle. Do you know the bit I'm talking about in the original game. Um, that big no. room where you move the walls around to gain access to the other doors. Big part of the, I, the I end game. I vaguely remember. But um, yeah, like that stuff I didn't find fun, and I agree with you that quiet time is important in games. But I think with this one. I felt like I wanted less quiet time because of the kind of game that it is. And I know in God of War 2018, there is a lot of quiet time. And I think because that game is a lot newer, I'll have more patience for it. But with this, I just kind of wanted to smash through it. But I wasn't able to do that. And I think that's the reason why I preferred the first game a lot more. Maybe it's because I'm impatient with older games now.
1: I think it's also maybe a bit under the parameters that you were playing it. Um, because I, I think we, we gave ourselves a bit more time to play God of War 1 didn't we? Yes. Whereas I think we were both kind of up against it with God of War 2 so there was an element of um, wanting to slash finish it, get as far as we can um, maybe, maybe there's an element of that, I don't know but I, I do remember, you. I don't know if you remember this, you you will remember it when I remind you of it but um, the underworld in... God oh yeah, I hated 1, that bit climbing
0: those spiked areas yeah. That was the most frustrating yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's stuff like that. I mean, I, I do think... Oh, I do know the bit you're talking about now. You're talking about um, the temple on top of the Titan's back. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's yeah, it. shifting the massive room. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And, and I suppose that's why I liked those parts of God of War 2 that expanded that stuff, those puzzles that encompassed a whole... Not just a room, but a temple, basically. Um, But yeah, I do think that was a very good example in God of War 1. I think you're right there. Um, And and it all comes down to preference. I mean, I'm sure some people prefer God of War 1 to God of War 2. And I mean, it's funny because they're quite different within both being very similar, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. It's... Like you say, I think it is preference. And like you say, some people will prefer the first and some people will prefer the second. And from what I played and with the promises of recording this podcast, I preferred the first one. Maybe it's because we had a bit more time. Like you say, I don't know. But
1: I think the first game is more challenging as well. I think um, the second game is a bit easier.
0: But saying that, the first game is more challenging, but I felt the boss, some of the bosses in this game were more memorable, which... As I said, I think that the, the God of War games are all about the bosses. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a, a two-sided coin because there are good parts to both of them, obviously, but I think I just prefer the gameplay to the first one and the speed of it over everything else.
1: That's fair enough. I mean, again, pa- different pacing will suit different people. Yeah, of course. Some people just like that kind of... Uh, there, there are some games that are just hundred miles an hour all the time and, and some people like that because it's it's just I suppose the instant gratification of it. I think you and me are probably both a bit more in between but to varying levels. Yeah. Um whereas some people don't like any kind of fighting and they'd rather just play something else, which is fine as well. Well I, um, I remember
0: mentioning in, in in the first game when we recorded that episode that playing God of War One made me really crave to go back to ancient Greece in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I didn't feel yeah. that at all this, this time round. And
1: I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's such a different game. Yeah, it is.
0: It is. So I, I don't know what that says about the game or about me, but I thought it was interesting to note.
1: Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I, this is, this is a completely new kind of thought that's developing as I say it. Um, I think God of War 1 plays it quite straight in terms of Greek mythology. It's a lot of stuff that probably a lot of people will be aware of, yeah. and it's probably what you think about when you think about Greek mythology. And I think, to me, that's also kind of what Assassin's Creed Odyssey does, whereas God of War 2 goes a bit off into a direction that probably people aren't as familiar with, um, with the the fates it's quite specific and I think it gives it a bit more leeway to be a bit more creative with it. I mean, The Island of the Fates doesn't feel grounded in mythology, but also doesn't feel grounded in reality. It feels completely fantastical and that's why I like it, but I can also see why I suppose the more pure Greek-style game that the first uh, one is could appeal to people. I mean, I don't know if that's right. It was just me spitballing, really.
0: Yeah. Like we say, it's different for different people, isn't it? Um, and like I said, this doesn't make it not a fun game. Um, and I didn't dislike it. I think I'm just weird.
1: No, I don't, I don't think it is that at all. I think when, when games are so close in gameplay... It it all comes down to the settings and the story that the game tells, and if if one appeals to you more than another, that's that's perfectly understandable. I think. Um, so, did anything strike you from an audio visual standpoint? Is there anything that you want to draw attention to or give mad props to?
0: Um, nothing that stands out, I don't think. Which again is quite rare, because usually there's something that I would mention, but. The, the graphics have definitely improved since God of War One, but I think because I didn't play this at the time, I don't have the same opinion as you. Whereas, like, oh, it it was a really good looking game for its for its time for the console that it came out on. Um, it it, it didn't look bad, but I was very aware that I was playing a PS two game.
1: Yeah,
0: is what yeah, I'd say it's... probably.
1: I mean. I could see the leap from God of War one to two, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't strike as much as it did back then. But it was very very striking then, and I kind of had a very unique perspective of it because of it did legitimately look a lot better than PS two Some early, well, some some early three sixty and PS three games, even I think, because the art style is very strong, and I think that's what they've got very very. You right. still get it's that you know.
0: Here. You know, for the last gen as well, though, you think about um, Heavy Rain when that came out. There are elements of Heavy Rain that looked better than some early PS4 games, you know? And same yeah. with MGS3. We mentioned MGS3. MGS3 looks like it could have been on the PS4.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean uh, MGS4? Oh,
0: sorry. Yeah, MGS4, not MGS3.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. I mean, yeah, MGS4 is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, an an audio, you've got um you've got the same I mean the soundtrack is very similar to the first yeah. one. So if you liked it there, you'll like it here. It's very it's very it's it's orchestral, it's got the, the vocals as well that that feed into it. Um this game's got good voice acting. One thing um I do like is that Kratos is actually a bit more characterized here. There is there are a few more layers to Kratos. There's a very nice scene where he sees his wife. It's not his actual wife. It's it's an illusion yes. created by Gaia. and keep um, keep going, doesn't she? He says that he's sorry. Yeah, and he he says that he's sorry, and he says, "Can you ever forgive me?" But obviously, it's still the same voice actor that does Kratos after all these years in in the New God of War games too, and he's a very good voice actor, and the weight that he gives those lines, within those lines, there's it it says a thousand words. So you don't necessarily have to have the most developed script, but with a good voice actor, you can, you can do it all. Um, so I think there are some nice touching moments in there. I'm not saying that Kratos is this fully formed three dimensional character because I don't think he is, but there are definitely a few more layers in there that I appreciated.
0: Yeah, I I get that. Okay. And watching that scene it is a stark contrast to the rest of the game. So I agree with you there.
1: On to our question of the week. Um, So we alluded to earlier on the types of sequel, and I'm I'm sure there are probably more types of sequel, but to reduce it to two types, um, which are reinvention versus refinement. What do you think makes a great sequel Um, and any notable examples of great sequels?
0: I think a great sequel subverts expectations and... Interesting. Interesting a very good example of that would be The Last of Us Part 2. And I've mentioned it a few times in this podcast that I made it very clear on the run-up to that game that I didn't really want it to exist because I was really happy with the way that that The Last of Us Part 1 ended. And, I mean, the game came out, what, two years ago now? A year ago? I can't remember when it was.
1: Was it March 2020 or March right
0: 2021? I don't remember. 2020, didn't we? But I don't know either. I mean, for anyone that hasn't played it, spoilers. I'll give you ten seconds to uh, to, to, to skip forward a minute or two. Um, but I think Hopefully. it 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 subverts the expectations and the fact that spoilers incoming in five, four, three, two, one. That they killed Joel off was was massive and the amount of backlash that you saw against the game when it came out was huge. And, you know, the the voice actor that that voiced Abby was getting death threats and, like, that's the really toxic part of um, the gaming community. But when a a sequel has that effect and I think perhaps even goes a lot darker, you could use um, movies for reference. The original Star Wars from 1977 is an amazing film but then The Empire Strikes Back came out and is now classed, I think, as number five or number six in the top ten films of all time. Sequels are really difficult to get right, like, really difficult to get right, particularly if the first game has been, or film or whatever, has been standout. And I think that we'll see how God of War Ragnarok sizes up to God of War 2018 when that releases. But my, my main... Example for that question would be The Last of Us Part 2. That was the game that immediately came to came to the front of my mind when you asked me that. Um, but another one, even though it's from a very different genre, is The Sims 2 against The Sims 1. The Sims were massively successful in a huge game series, but The Sims 2 really, really refined what The Sims 1 did well and then built on it. And in my opinion, The Sims 2 is probably one of the best games in that franchise over The Sims 3 and 4. Um, But yeah, and maybe Pokemon Gold, uh, Pokemon Gen 2 and Pokemon Gen 1. You know, it's it's refinement. So those would be my examples. What would you say?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the reinvention doesn't have to be gameplay wise because I wouldn't say that The Last of Us 2 reinvents the gameplay no. from Last of Us it's 1 it's the same I think it refines the gameplay of The Last of Us 1 but yeah you're right from a from a plot structural standpoint it does reinvent it and it's not only the fact that I'm sure spoilers again 5 4 3 2 1 um, Joel is killed off it's not just the fact that Joel is killed off it's the fact that you get to play as Abby and that you play as Abby for half the game and not only do you play as Abby, for anyone that I suppose reacted the way that the developers intended, uh, you sympathise with Abby and it creates this very interesting dichotomy within the player. Um, I think a great example of um, subverting expectations is a bit of an interesting one that we've already covered in this list uh one of my favorite games ever possibly my favorite Majora's Mask complete literal at times subversion of everything that Ocarina of Time is and creates this wonderfully dark um sequel that really goes places that not many games go to um and for me, that wasn't just a sequel. That, again, this is personal opinion. This is that wasn't just a sequel that uh, equaled the predecessor. But surpassed it, surpassed it, it, yeah. And so, so I think I think you. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I think you're on something there. Um, what about something like Metal Gear Solid Two? I mean, how would you define that?
0: Well, that game also subverts expectations, but in a very different way. And I've made no. You know, no secret of the fact that I don't really like MGS2, even though I know for a really large percentage of people that are Metal Gear fans that MGS2 is possibly their favourite game in the series. I don't understand that because I don't think it's very good. I don't like the story and I don't like the setting. But if that percentage of people really like that game, and that was an incredibly highly anticipated sequel when it came out in 2000, and one or 2002 you know that, that, that there's got to be something there you know so obviously MGS2 kind of reinvented the series to some extent but I think that's only because there was now a lot more that that uh, Kojima Productions were able to do in terms of the technology and they weren't as limited as they were on the PS1 in 98
1: okay so, so to flip the, the question on its head can you think of any really good examples of refinement there?
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe the original Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Assassin's Creed 2. Because... Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, I, I, the, the original Assassin's Creed is really hard to go back and play now. Um, when that very flawed. came out in 2006, 2007, it was massive. It was amazing. But going back to play that now is really difficult. But I think... Assassin's Creed 2, which is probably classed as one of the best games in the series, really did a lot to to, to improve what Assassin's Creed 1 started.
1: The fundamental yeah, of Assassin's Creed. definitely.
0: So that will probably... Put them into a game that you actually wanted to play. Yeah, exactly. You get to a point in Assassin's Creed 1 and you're like, oh, I've got to this bit now, I don't want to play it again. It's the same... I get the same with MGS2 whenever I get to the bit where you've got to drag Emma around there are always games where you get to a point you're like when I think of replaying certain games I think do I want to do that bit again and Assassin's Creed had that when you have to start doing the assassinations and you don't really get given any information on where the targets are you just get given a vague area and that puts me off playing it whereas Assassin's Creed I think did away with that and made it a lot more user-friendly by doing so
1: yeah i think that's a good example okay i think that's uh i mean with our questions of the week we always kind of expand upon the ideas that we present in different episodes so hopefully by the time we finish doing the 100 or so games we'll have covered quite a few areas of gaming but yeah it's just nice to discuss sequels and uh different styles okay on to our wrap up does god of war 2 deserve its place on the list and it is number 95
0: yeah i'd say that it deserves its place over uh, god of war 1 even though i preferred god of war 1 I, I can see why god of war 2 is here and why people would think that it is a lot better than the first um not necessarily my favorite that we've played so far but it wasn't bad, so I'd say yes, it does deserve its its spot. I can't remember where the original God of War is on the list, but no doubt... It's higher. Yeah, a lot higher.
1: I think probably around sixty. Yeah, that sounds about
0: right. right. Um, So maybe God of War 2 should be there and God of War 1 should be further back, but again, that, that leads into the whole thing of this game came out and was the first in its thing, so therefore it got all the high scores and then the sequel came along and didn't you know, didn't surpass it in terms of the reviews, so that's why that is as it is. But yeah, I'd, I'd say it's good and it deserves its place. What would you say?
1: Yeah, we've had and because we've we've played another game within this genre very recently, which is um, Ninja Gaiden Black, and I think God of War Two, if memory recalls, is the fourth game of this style um, that we've played. Devil May Cry, God of War 1, yeah. Ninja Gaiden Black, and then God of War 2. Is, is there any other? I can't think of any. No, I don't that, think like, there are. That are of this. Yeah, so, so we've played the four games, and of those four games, I don't know what I said in the original God of War episode, actually, but if I were to pick two of those games to be on the list, it would be God of War 2 and Ninja Gaiden Black, and I would kick the other two off, which I know that fans of Devil May Cry will be probably screaming right now but um i would kick the other two off and i'd leave god of war 2 ninja Gaiden and black because i think they're the best examples of it um if i were to show this very interesting genre which i wasn't really aware of as a genre not that i hadn't played the games but i always just classified them as action adventure but there really is a kind of distinguished genre within there that you can you can identify traits that carry between the games yeah. And I think um, if I were to recommend someone play some games from this very kind of particular genre, I would say one of those two for newcomers. Um, Maybe God of War 2 over Ninja Gaiden Black, because you might end up eating your controller if you try to play Ninja Gaiden Black first. I don't know why you'd eat it, but smashing it. You you, you (laughs) might just
0: be hungry. (laughs) Um,
1: you, You could be, you could be. Um... Yeah, I think it does deserve its place, and I think um, I would I would kick off Devil May Cry and God of War. I'm not sure what I actually said in those episodes, but yeah, kick them off. Leave Ninja Gaiden Black and God of War 2. I place God of War two higher than Ninja Gaiden Black, um, probably yeah, probably around sixty. I think is about right. I yeah. don't think it's one of the very very best games ever, but a good time is what I describe God of War two as. Party. Um, Okay, so let's uh, wrap things up. And what have we got coming up on the list in two weeks' time? In
0: two weeks' time, we are going back to a Bethesda game. We're doing Skyrim, which is the follow-up to Oblivion, which we did a while ago. So this one's been coming for a while, and I've been quite keen to get back to this one. Um, And we both got this game not long after it came out, when we were in our first year of uni. And
1: yeah it's and i never played it for about you didn't (laughs) actually no i don't think it was that long but it was a long time
0: yeah so i mean this time around i've already put about 20 hours into it um so it should be a good conversation it's a game that i've got quite a lot of experience with you less so but i know that you've played a bit of it in the past so that will be coming in two weeks time um but yeah, if in the meantime you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch via social media. We're the Long and Short of It podcast. You can email us at long and short of it Podcast at hotmail.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and yeah, if you enjoy these episodes, please share with a friend, like, favourite, rate us on your preferred listening instrument. No, that's not the right term, is it? device Device listening facilitator but yeah that's everything from me today anything else from you
1: no that's it from me very
0: good well we'll see you next time in two weeks for skyrim when hopefully neither of us will have an arrow in the knee cheerio
1: indeed see you on the next one